and welcome to this, a very dusty podcast reception for this, the Dragon Ball podcast with the difference. You can join me as we are now trying to explore and figure out whether everything is still where it's supposed to be here, up on the lookout. you don't know up on the lookout is a dragon ball podcast where myself and my guests as well as our co-hosts are able to just relax we are not here for some hard-hitting evidence or discussions we're just here just to talk about dragon ball at our own pace and like i said i am joined by my regular co-host havarok hello i'm havarok and i know what you did last summer anyway i'm master coex and together we are going to not beat about the bush and be honest it's been a couple of months since we last were here up on the lookout but there has been a lot of stuff with team four star working on uh with final fantasy 7 machine Bridge, but that is all done and dusted so you can expect a more regular contribution to the lookout podcast evidence because we managed to get a huge swathe of content ready for your eyes for this month and pretty much next month we're all done up until the beginning of march so We've been Busy Beavers right here on the Masco X channel. If you would like to help contribute to uh, keeping the server costs going for Up on the Lookout, you can join by becoming a caretaker of the Lookout by either becoming a member on the YouTube channel or you can become a patron going to masco.cc slash lookout for more information. Now, we haven't been talking about the manga because we missed out on chapter 67 last month and now chapter 68 has come out. So it actually works out because in a way I thought that, oh no, we're going to be missing something up. Then I was thinking, well, wait a minute, this is actually really good because we have the first two chapters or technically chapter and a half of this new arc of Dragon Ball Super. So we not only have the beginnings to talk about our first impressions, but we also have a little bit more meat to talk about with chapter 68. If if people watching the video, our videos on YouTube haven't realized, I think we've both really liked both of those chapters. Again, there are still some things that could be a little bit more consequential in chapter 67, but as far as Dragon Ball go, hey, at least... At least we have Mirus becoming immortal and losing his angelic powers. That's something. At least we learned something about, you know, how the laws of the of the universe work. The ending photo is pretty sweet, you know. Everyone getting a medal. I must say I'm really, really excited for, for Granola as a character and what he can bring to the table. People say that this arc is going to be, you know, super predictable, but I'm like, do we really come to Dragon Ball for super unpredictable stories? Yeah, I mean, uh, we all thought that maybe Zamasu's arc, the Goku Black arc, would probably be the most cerebral that a Dragon Ball arc ever gets, because it asks, what is the value and meaning of justice? And you think... Yeah, that's all very well and good, but you really need like a very, very hard-hitting manga or an anime series to do that. You need something that Studio Mappa would do. This is not Studio Mappa or uh, Production IG. This is Toei, and they are doing Dragon Ball. So Zamasu's character is probably the most complex you're going to get, and that wasn't done the best, but... Hey, I think this is not going to be predictable at all because 
the the key difference here is that what we see in these two chapters is that this character in Granola is a blank canvas, as in, you know, his basic you know, origins that he is a Cerulean. And I do like that whole idea. And it does make me think of Cerulean City. You start off with this bounty hunter. He's doing his stuff. He's pretty generic. He's thinking, well, hey, these two things I wanted to get revenge on, they're no longer there. Let's try and make a living. Now, one of those opportunities has come back in so he can actually get his revenge and kill Freezer. But obviously we think, well, how's he going to do that? And now he's thinking, well, how am I going to do that? And there's so many questions that you have right now from 68. And they're not bad questions at all, because we're seeing him at the beginning of his journey. And a lot of the times with Dragon Ball villains, if yeah, okay, quote unquote villains, because we don't know what Granola's going to be yet, but we don't know whether his intentions are going to be good or bad, or whether he's going to help the dragon team or be getting in their way or something like that. We don't know. He is made to be pretty likable, you know, but <clears throat> like there are those small details. The fact, which we mentioned in one of our discussions, that we haven't seen Granola really kill anybody. Yes, he's that bounty hunter, but like he isn't a ruthless person. I don't need to kill those people. Granola is likable. Of course, he has this insane, insane look when he realized that Frieza lives, but like he's not a one dimensional character. And when you were talking about Zamasu before, I think that after uh, two chapters so far, uh, Granola can eat Zamasu on breakfast when it comes to com- character complexity. <laughs> because it's not it's natural. It's not forced. You know, you you feel you feel for that character. You let to let to know it. Uh, let to know him, and I feel it's more organic. You know. No, I definitely agree with that because with Granola, there is. Something like like granola in a way when it's pretty plain, it can be quite bland. So you've just got to add the berries, you've got to add the milk, you got to add whatever kind of additions you have to granola, nuts and uh, chocolate sometimes. You need to add all these things. And that's why I think actually the name granola is pretty apt in that you're starting off with someone who's relatively plain. Now you've just got to add the extra bits to make them into something better. Because you can definitely tell that Toriyama is involved. In fact, he is. He's actually providing more than just bullet points for this um, this arc. I believe in the interviews that Torio Taro's done is that he's not come up with this main story. He's come up with, I think, the basics of Granola along with Toriyama. And Toriyama's done the story. So this time, it's like ooh, the original arrangement, only this time... The master is actually doing even more. I mean, he put Kintoki into into Dragon Ball, basically. So yeah, it, it, it kind of works like that because Granola is very reminiscent of Kintoki from Kintoki One Shot Manga Toriyama did in 2013. Not to mention the fact that I recently found out he's the last of the Cerulean's. There's like no more left. Uh, Kintoki is the last of his kind of the Kimei clan. So there are lots of parallels here. And it just goes to show in a way that you shouldn't really get on Toriotaro's case for recycling things. And this is just to the general audience, is that Toriyama does this all the time. But the difference is, is that he changes it enough. So that means it's slightly new, 
it's like he takes 60% of the original content and then just goes, okay, I'll, I'll modify this a bit and then see how we go. Like Dragon Ball Online. That, all of that, um, lore that he came up for that, that's tons of it. He can just go back to that for the rest of his life and come up with some good stuff. I think that, yeah, they've already done that with the Yardratians. You know, the Yardratians come straight from Dragon Ball Online, those designs. Oh, 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 I know, I know what, I remember what, what I, uh, a topic for, for today. So, because we know that one of the reasons that they haven't animated uh, Moro Saga apparently was the fact that Toriyama wasn't involved. But now Toriyama is so heavily involved uh, in Granola Arc. Do you think that it that the fact that uh, Granola Arc picks up immediately from Moro Arc and is you know and it, it has some storyline ties to it was the way of Toriyama telling just animate the previous arc as well because it it will have no sense. Just give my student a chance because that would be a Toriyama like troll in my opinion. Oh yeah, you have my arc. Yeah, sure, but you, but it's a sequel to the, to, to, you know, it, it's a sequel to, to Toyotaro's one, so you need to animate that one first. Oh, okay. A lot of Dragon Ball YouTubers online have expressed the fact that until you can get Toriyama really involved and invested, the chances of an anime happening are very, very slim. Like, the, the bods over at Toei need to have the assurances that Toriyama is A-OK with this. And I think you're right, is that Toriyama is sort of saying, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get pumped for this. And if you want this arc to do well, then you're going to have to do Toriotaro's as well, because it makes sense. Because, yeah, they've, he's drawn Toei into a corner. The moral arc has to be put in because, where would 7-3 suddenly come from? And the audience would be going like, what happened with 7-3? What happened with Mora? I mean, it just come up in my mind in that in chapter 67, you see Granola uh, taking pot shots at those uh, OG soldiers, right? You know, when he's um, the clones of 7-3, he can take them out in like two hits and stuff like that. But then when he's fighting uh, Gas, the gas heater, he gets the, uh, beaten down instantly. So it makes you wonder, those OG soldiers are not that strong in comparison to 7-3. So what makes 7-3 special? And is this the last that we see of him? Because in chapter 68, you just see him being carted off in his tube by um, some of the heater gang. And they want some information. They want to speak to Zuno. So I assume that maybe they hope that there is still some, you know, God stuff remaining, some mirror stuff inside of him. And they want to, you know, transport themselves to Zuno, which means that maybe, uh, you know, 7-3 absorbs more than just powers. And yes, maybe he may lose powers, but he also gains some memories. So in that case, that would be also hard, you know, to to explain, like, if it comes out to the fact that 7-3 has Mirus's memories. Imagine in anime, if they started with Granola, oh, who is that Mirus guy? Find out in our manga! Buy the manga! And you find out who Mirus was. Woohoo! If I was more cynical, I would actually say, you know what, that is kind of true. They'll just say, oh, if you want to find out, read the manga. And I 
really hope they don't do that because that would be really, really crass. If it hadn't been for the pandemic that we probably might have seen Super Start last year at the, you know, sometime in October of last year, maybe, because I don't know, something tells me that we are going to see it this year. I feel like the time is right and I don't think it's going to be summer either. It's going to be sometime in the autumn because makes sense. Because when Super came out in the summer of 2015, that was kind of dumb. Everyone's out on holiday outside because it's nice and warm. Why would you do that? You need it so that means it's really chilly or not exactly nice to be outside all the time so you can be around the TV. But either way, that's that's all speculation and nothing to do with the main chapter. But the main point is that this arc already seems to be something which is really getting people excited because this is somebody who we are seeing for the first time. He's got some really cool powers. He's a marksman and has a really cool technique. He does have a moral compass. And like we said in our videos, this, I think, should bring us back to that one singular panel that got everybody excited. And that was Bardock. And a lot of people, when we did our discussion video on this, did not believe that it was Bardock because they were going, oh, but Masako, how do you know it's Bardock? And I just went, look at the scar. And everyone like, oh, it's Bardock. Have. Uh, this does provide a lot of more um, understanding of Bardock's super character, as in like the iteration you find in Minus and in uh, Broly. This still proves that Bardock isn't, you know, a good guy. Like, it's like he's not forced to invade. He likes battling. He likes destroying in a way. Of course, he, he might gotten fed up with that uh, around the time Kakarot was born. And as he said, he wanted to do one good thing. But like, if, if Frieza w w wasn't controlling the Saiyans, he would still, you know do those things although i think that if uh, as we as we imagine granola is a kid there i don't think that bardock would uh, just you know obliterate an unarmed kid he was like okay this kid poses no threat i'm just going to let him live in that temple church thingy yeah, no, agreed. It just shows that, yeah, he can at least have some sort of control because we do know that those Uzaru are very skilled in controlling their giant monkey form. So Bardock is knowing what he is doing. And the fact that a monkey saw this being hiding inside the church and didn't kill them shows that at least Bardock has some degree of mercy. And that seems to have actually rubbed off on Granola without him even knowing it. Because the one thing you have to consider is that Granola is at least maybe in his late 40s, early 50s, around about the same age as Vegeta. So he's not this young go-getter upstart who's just going to cause trouble by being extra naive and just full of spark. No, he's been around the block. He's quite jaded. He's been doing bounty hunter jobs for money and only now has the fire of you know his old life been rekindled and you want to find out well what's going to happen and we now found out and the one mystery that we do have is that who is oatmeal who is oatmeal we don't know yet because that's not been explained to us is this 
somebody from somewhere else off screen or is it the ship's computer i think it's the ship's computer i I think it's somebody else uh, i I think it's a person in the chair i also think that maybe maybe it's a second cerulean but uh, like he was so badly hurt he or she was so badly hurt that they cannot move like they they are you know in a wheelchair or something another twist could be is that oatmeal might be in the goggles Sort of, it sort of alluded to what you say that maybe their their memories and like their personality has been downloaded into the goggles. The two things that we found out is that Granola's like, I hate Freezer. I hate Saiyans. And uh, I don't think their initial meeting's gonna be good because it's Goku a Saiyan, and he had something to do with Freezer being alive again. So. I think Cronulla is going to be really ambivalent about this. Like, sure, it's a very dumb move and very, yeah, very shocking that this Saiyan would let Frieza become alive again. But at the same time, he should be thankful towards Goku for giving him the opportunity to kill Frieza again. So he'd probably be very conflicted about what to think of Goku. Yeah, at the same time, you know, like uh, the whole Gogeta letting Frieza go, that's probably also may come into place, you know, like... Do you want to tell me that you let let him live twice? Well, three times, actually. There was that time on Namek when I wanted to give him some energy and... Who are you? Or or he could be just just as I thought, you Saiyans always sucking up the Lord Frieza. Uh, in terms of Frieza, I want to bring this back to uh, the Heater Gang. And this is a really interesting group. At first, I thought they were herons, but I don't think they are now. But they are space pirates. And their motivation is quite reminiscent of the Mandalorian. And given how Toriyama is a Star Wars fan, I'm pretty sure he's seen the Mandalorian. I'm pretty sure. And I get the vibe because it's like, you know, oh, the, this gang, you think, oh, they just want to get all the power and become the powerful gang of the universe and take everything over. It's like, no, we just want to make money with knowing stuff. Yeah, that gets you somewhere in this galaxy. And that is very reminiscent of Star Wars. Again, as, as Gigdom says... The city underbelly. I kind of like it. Like uh, we haven't seen a lot of that side of the Dragon Ball universe, and like it's something that I would uh, someday uh, love to see in like an hit themed OVA. You know, to see how hit originated again. Maybe we'll learn about Seven uh, Three's connection to to Hit's race because now when I think about it, I, I I'm even more inclined that there is a connection. But yeah, I, I, I like how heaters are like, well, power is n- not everything these days. Like now it's information. I wonder what they need Zuno for. And speaking of that, uh, uh, like Heron's r- r- reminiscence, I'm pretty sure their designs give tribute to, to like to, to Bojack and his gang. Like they are at least tributes to Bojack. Yeah. I mean, this is Toriyama and, it, and Toriyama is very aware of the movies and like with Broly he was like oh Broly's kind of cool I want to do my own version of Broly 
And that's, uh, he's done his own version of Bardock. So who's to say this is his version of Bojack's crew? And I find it so funny that everyone goes like, oh, cool. So an electric heater, an oil heater, a gas heater, Maki. What? And everyone's like, what does Maki heater? What's that? My closest clue is that I looked it up and there is a company in California called uh, Maki and they specialize in heating elements, products and air conditioning. And I'm just thinking... There is no way that Toriyama just thought, oh, there is a company that specializes in heating products called Maki. Maki is a Japanese name for a girl. Why not? Also, they are siblings. I don't know if, if you know that, but like in this interview with Toyotaro, we learned that they are apparently siblings. Also, I have a feeling that like uh, the whole fight with gas... It's a huge foreshadowing that the rematch won't go so well for Gas. Mm, yeah, definitely. Either Gas is going to be incapacitated or he is going to die. Like, he will be killed. And I don't think that the main guy is going to take it very well. That's uh, That'll be the thing. Because at the moment, they, they like Granola because Granola gets them results. But at the same time, they're not exactly fond of him they don't really care about him they're thinking oh he's gonna go and do something stupid hey why not he gets in the way quite a lot of the time so in a way he sort of outlived out his usefulness if he's just gonna keep going like doing a bardock and just going freezer freezer all that stuff because he is acting like bardock in the special of just being completely obsessed with stopping freezer so I guess that's more that he indirectly learned from Bardock. Now, 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 when you when you say it like that, yeah, 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 that's kind of the vibe. <laughs> Which makes me think that Bardock is going to be playing some bigger role in all of this in some way. Like, I don't know how because I don't think Granola ever saw Bardock in his regular Saiyan form, just his giant monkey form. But the fact that Bardock was there. Yeah, you could say it's a cameo, and at the moment it is only a cameo because it was just one panel. But with Toriyama liking Bardock a lot, I really feel like that's not the last time we're going to see him. There will be flashbacks, I think. In that interview uh, that was uh, published recently, it is hinted that there is like some mysterious connection to one of the new character of one of the new characters to a character we already know, and a lot of people think that it's it's Bardock, but like you know, Bardock is really predictable, and of course it's Dragon Ball. It it, it can always be Bardock. Yeah, and from that interview, you can definitely tell that Toriyotaro is excited. Oh, wait until you. Yeah, you wait until you hear this. This is going to be so cool. And usually that's a good thing when the uh, creators are excited to show you stuff. Like they're not doing it like to, oh, we got to do this to meet a deadline or something like that. They are genuinely happy. You wouldn't tell that in interview. Oh, you know, we are just doing this to meet the deadline. Like, like he kind of has to. Do oh no, no, no. But, but you, but the way that manga cars work, you know that they have to meet deadlines and, Toriyama is famously known for doing everything within the last two days of a week's deadline. So he doesn't, he doesn't like pace it out. He does it in like maybe 48 hours at most. So I mean, you feel like 
Toriotaro does a lot more planning and preparation. But yeah, I suppose it makes you just think, well, what would we all rather have? Would we rather have weekly 10 page chapters or keep what we've got having 40 page big chapters? Totally Not Mark actually did a video of his Morrow Arc review. So you should check it out, by the way. Is that he was talking about uh, the whole sometimes if a chapter ends pretty badly on like a bum note, you tend to forget the manga is even a thing. And then suddenly it just comes like, oh, I almost forgot about this thing. I mean, it'd be nice if there were like weekly chapters, but, you know, I understand that, you know, you still get the same amount of content as a regular manga. It's just you have to wait a month for it. And as long as they don't have anime, like this is the closest that they can get to something, you know, that will keep people for a moment. And yeah, like, like I, I think I saw... Uh, AJ, uh, Mark, uh, and uh, and even Kaiser agreeing that yeah, there is a lot of stuff that can annoy you about Moro Saga, but when you read the whole package, you suddenly realize, hey, this is this is fun. Like those bad things do not disturb you as much as as you think they would. They disturb you when it's when you are on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Definitely. And I feel like when you actually have weekly episodes, if if this does get animated, you will forgive um, certain things a bit more because you'll think, oh, well, we'll find out what happens next week. So I think probably out of all those chapters, you probably will be having the Morrow arc is going to be maybe, I'd say, 50 episodes. Yeah, two episodes per chapter of the of each story you can easily pad that out yeah and they will all add their own filler like i would say meaningful filler with character interactions i'm sure like their filler would be like they can add a cool filler instead of like yeah maybe add some more stuff on Nunemic. they could maybe add some more stuff with the galactic prisoners maybe maybe actually find uh out how cranberry finds Moro. Uh, more more yard stuff with vegeta for sure they need to milk that because that is probably that was the biggest revelation in that arc. The, the fact that Yardrat it's helped our what ifs immensely by having that time with Pibara. You want to have that time. And everybody liked that. Because Yardrat is classic Dragon Ball Z. And nods to Dragon Ball Z are always welcome. Like, bizarrely, that amount of fascination with the Zuonians. You know, Pui Pui's race is like, oh, cool, uh, we're seeing more of Pui Pui's people. Zarbon's race and you think oh okay that's neat and Toyotaro is very good at that in that he is vertical law building as in like not making just random new uh, races of civilizations but expanding on what we already know so that's just more satisfying and yeah I feel like in a way I mean granted the Cerulean's are a brand new uh, people but there's only one left so you feel like, oh, okay, it's just these bunch of people. And you don't really see them as like civilizations. You just see them as people just doing their job in space. Also, yeah. Also, like, like it's obvious that Frieza has destroyed a lot of races and civilizations. We knew that. So, it, it, like, it is. it makes sense that, that he destroyed something. And it is good that we got something in main canon that's, you know, that, that like, we've seen another example. And, and and we've seen a proper non-filler example of Saiyans, you know, uh, 
being pretty nasty and savage. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. It's something. Uh, it's something just you know intriguing. The the fact that chapter sixty eight and sixty seven to some degree has gotten people talking and actually really curious to see what happens, and especially with that last panel with the oracle fish, everyone seems to think, oh, it's gonna be Granola becoming the strongest fighter in Universe Seven. But I'm interested in the balance shifting thing, and I feel that might have something to do with the heaters, as in the balance of power and knowledge is power. So. The heaters are going to find something out about Universe 7, like maybe something about Frieza or the key to something, because Zuno grants one person a question. So there's a gang of five. They can get five questions. So they will choose their questions carefully. I think one of them will be silly just, you know, because Toriyama. Toriyama. Oh, yeah, of course. One of them will be silly and probably it's going to be... The big, dumb, oil. stupid one. The oil, yeah. yeah. Oil. So oil's going to like, oh, hey, oh, how about this kind of question? And then the boss is going to go, oil, you stop doing something. Like, sorry, boss. Sorry, sorry, big brother. Yeah. These two chapters, I feel like probably the strongest opening act of um, a Dragon Ball Super Saga yet. And the fact that we can say that with each arc that happens, minus the Tournament of Power arc, because you can clearly tell that Toyotaro didn't want to do it. It super does improve. It, it is improving very, very slowly, but very surely. Like we're not going. Oh, we want Super to end now. We just want. We just want it to do better. And I feel like Toriyama is learning that. Hey, the audience likes this. Let's do more of that. So Toriyama's doing less of what he used to do and screwing around with the audience. He's now actually wanting to. Yeah, appease the uh, audience. And I feel like Toyotaro is kind of helping him keep in touch with how modern audiences work. In space. More space stuff. You know, actually fill out the galaxy. So it's not just, oh, they go out to a planet and it's freezer there. So now we actually see more people. And again, I want to, I really want to see what the interaction between Goku and Granola will be. I want to see what happens. You know what might happen, and I, I, I think that's a possibility that you know, Granola w- would somehow go for Goku or Frieza straight away. They like won't take him seriously, and they beat him really badly, and say, "Oh yeah, you know, move along." You know, like, like somebody is like somebody is going to embarrass Granola now, which make will make him even more, uh, you know. Focused on his revenge, yeah. If it goes in the way that, in one way that I think it would, is that Granola slowly becomes the bad guy, like he becomes the villain. He gets mad with power, and in a way, this will make you feel really sorry for him because you feel like, oh my god, we've seen this main villain go mad. He's just descended into this manic mania in stopping Frieza and Saiyans. You would go like, wow. That uh, that that's actually kind of sad. What a waste. What a sad way to go. You feel bad for him. It, it sort of compounds what you get in Broly because you don't want Broly to lose. You don't. You think no, Broly, don't die. Thankfully, he doesn't die. But you you start to actually root for Broly. So in a way, I can imagine some sort of similar thing with we want Granola to have a good life. I definitely think there's more to this. So. 
yeah, all we need to do is look forward to chapter 69 coming out uh, next month. So in February the 19th. So with that, I think it's a good time to wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much, Hab, for joining us. And thank you all out there for listening. And if you want to help contribute towards the development of Up on the Lookout, you can go to massacre.cc slash lookout or become a member on the YouTube page. But all that remains to be said is we hope to see you around sometime soon, hopefully a little sooner than has been of late. And just to take care out there and stay safe. Ta-ra! Ta-ra!